Hey everybody, good morning. Uh, today is September 20th, 2019. First day of fall is this coming Monday, I believe. Uh, this is your boy Tove coming at you again. It's time for another episode or another edition of Unpopular. I'm feeling pretty good today. It feels really cool outside. I woke up about two hours ago and I didn't have the air conditioning on. And when I checked the thermostat, it was like already in the 70s the house so that's pretty a uh, good feeling down here in the south because it's very hot down here so to wake up to cool weather in september feels really good um autumn is my favorite time of year and i don't have a kid or anything but if i ever was blessed enough to have a baby one day or my own child i hope i have a girl and i would definitely name her autumn because i think it's a really pretty name and it's a nice reference to my favorite time of year. So, yeah, it feels pretty good. Uh, anyway, today's September 20th, 2019. We're just going to wait a little bit for uh, JCD and KME to call in. I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, we got a few things up online for discussion. Most are just going to be shooting the, the, the stuff or shooting the shit, as they say. I've got the big topic with NXT and stuff like that. We opened the show with the Crash Holly, Hawk or Holly intro. Shout-outs to the Being the Elite video that they uploaded earlier this week where it was SCU and uh, the, the Young Bucks. <clears throat> and they were doing the story about uh, – Cass finally told a story about – you know, if you've been watching Being, Being the Elite for any amount of time, they keep doing this thing where Cass has to try to tell the story and then he always gets interrupted – and Cass finally told the story about how when he went to his one WWE tryout and how Bob Holly was there and, and Bob Holly was working out. And this was like prime peak Bob Holly, like, you know, when he was like Jack, this Cass kept reminding him. And he wanted to try to talk to Bob Holly and he just couldn't think of anything to say because he was so intimidated. And then he tried to compliment Bob on his theme music. And then Bob was like, yeah. And everybody just started laughing. And, and um, many years later, uh, Cass revealed that when uh, he saw Bob again, Bob thought that Cass was fucking with him. And Cass was like, no, 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 he really liked, uh, you know, his entrance music and stuff. Which I just thought the whole thing was, was pretty funny. So, uh, anyway, we got a 917 coming in. I believe this is John. Let's see. Hey, hey what's, what's going up, on? Dude? No, what's up? Oh, I'm, just, I'm just chilling. I'm, I'm, I'm doing uh, good. Uh, it's really cool and today. Uh, what's going on in your area? Uh, nothing. You know, kids are back in school. Weather's actually surprisingly nice. You know, that's it. Just doing some, you know, reorganizing around the house, you know, in the downtime. And, yeah. And that's it. You know, everything's a-okay. So, you know, right now. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, I was just saying at the beginning, it's just cool down here. It's starting to feel like fall. When I woke up this morning, I was like, I want to say in the higher 70s outside. So it's a good feeling in the south when you wake up and you don't need air conditioning. That's when you know, like, the seasons are changing. So. Yeah, well, we're, I don't know about you, but we're getting, I think, in the in the mid to high 80s, I think, Sunday through Tuesday. It's going to be crazy. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
and ho- hopefully the hurricane season would just all these hurricanes would just go off and go to sleep soon. So I was just talking briefly about the uh, funny story that they that uh, that uh, the SCU or cast in particular told about Bob Holly. Um, I've always liked Bob Holly, good guy. I know he gets like a, a yeah. bad reputation. Holly's a guy I'm surprised never resurfaced. I, I mean, I know he's done a lot of indie spots here and there, but I'm surprised he hasn't popped up anywhere. You know, he never mm. popped up in TNA during that whole, you know, era where, you know, if, you know, where they were gobbling up anybody ex-WWE they could. You know, I'm surprised he never even popped up in, like, Ring of Honor. or I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say he might have done a, a, a small little run in New Japan, I want to say, or somewhere in Japan. Maybe it wasn't with New Japan, but I, I just find it weird that he's, like, one of these guys that, you know, even with the whole kick for, like, cult hero type stuff, and, like, you know, the fact that, and this is no knock on him, but the fact that a guy like the Shockmaster gets booked because... He's simply the shockmaster. You're going to tell me no one approached has ever even approached Holly? Forget about even being hardcore Holly. Approach the subject of him coming in as Sparky Plot. I mean, he'll probably murder you in the pro- in the process of the conversation, but, you know. I'm looking at his, uh, his resume right now. Apparently, he made a one-night appearance in TNA in 2013. I think I vaguely remember this says he took place in a six-man tag match where he teamed with James Storm and Magnus to defeat the Aces and Eights. Yeah, I think I'm remembering now. He was also at one of those TNA one-night-only pay-per-views. Yeah, it was a one. It was literally a one-off. That was it. I don't know what the I, deal was. I wonder if that's on YouTube because I, I remember a it lot might of be. TNA during that period with the Aces and Eights stuff and the Dark AJ character. Yeah. And, you know, I remember a lot, you know, that's when you had Tito Ortiz and you had uh, Rampage Jackson showing up. Boy, I can't remember. I can't remember. Wow. Okay. All right. That's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it All says right. right here also <laughs> that he uh, it says he spent a lot of time in the U.K. in 2016, but after 2016 he kind of falls off the grid. So I yeah, know he's got like one of the more popular audio books. Yeah, I know he's got one of the more popular uh, audio books. I forgot exactly what it was called. Solo Monster always gives it a plug on the show. Um, like I need to now. give those audio books. Well, what, 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 <laughs> yeah. His phrase was, yeah, Holly was... Holly gets a lot of grief, but Holly was just an old-school veteran guy. Like, <laughs> you worked yep. with him. You were going. You were going to go through hell, but you know what? More often than not, you came out better for it, and a lot of guys I think those old, that. I think those old school guys just wanted to see, like, who really wanted it and who was just there for the fame. Yeah, I think that's that what was it was. Like, really like, if you, like, yeah. like, look at, you know, I mean, whatever, but look at Cody. You know, Cody mm-hmm. being paired up with him in the beginning so early, you know, I, I think that helped Cody. You know, I mean, of course, it you did. know, Cody was just God from the beginning, you know, according to most people. But I think the fact – and it's a shame that after they did that thing where him and – where he turned on Holly to be DiBiase Jr.'s partner, that was Holly's last appearance. I don't even think they did like a blow-off Cody-Holly match. That, that was it. Know, I remember that specifically. It I, 
if I remember right, I think they tur- he turned, and that was it. I think Holly was done after that. Yeah, he, he turned. That was it. They were a team. And then Orton was doing the recruiting for Legacy. And then there was that other Samoan guy whose name I totally forgot, but I remember oh, there was a Samoan uh, dude. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. Manu. Manu, yeah. Yeah, it was. Then yeah. I guess things didn't work out with Manu. Then it was just Cody, Ted, and Orton, and the rest is history. So I remember that. You guys for a while, because they even tried the other guy from um, Deuce and Domino. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Look this would have been look like look what, like. Him, this, yeah, this, this probably was. Oh, yeah, it had to have been oh eight. Yeah, it had to have been. Around there, very very early into oh nine. Um, yeah, oh eight was yeah. a good year. They had Manu in there, and uh, yeah, they had the other guy from Deuce and Domino. Not obviously not Compton, but um, right. What you call it? Uh, he he's Snooker's kid. He he's Snooker's right. kid. He's Tamina's brother, and uh, I, I for for like maybe I want to say two three weeks, they were a five man group, and then they would talk. They might add Carlito. There was talk they might add uh. Uh, David Hart Smith, maybe Natalia. Like they, oh, the original plan for this legacy group was to be like this massive thing. And I guess at some you know? point they probably came to the realization that it was better off being a smaller group, which in truth yeah. it was. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole uh, I don't know what the plan going forward is with the uh, with um. You know, like what's going to happen after the draft. But I actually like the pairing of Revival and Randy. It actually gives them more TV time. I, I mean, I, Randy I, doesn't need it, but Revival they, needs it. I heard, I heard the Revival's probably going to end up staying on SmackDown. So I would think as long as Orton stays on SmackDown, even if it's not an official thing, it'll be one mm-hmm. of those loose, like, you know, when we're doing a six-man tonight, it'll be those guys or – you know, Orton's feuding with, let's just say, Ali eventually. And, you know, Ali faces Wilder on a, you know, on a SmackDown. And Orton will get involved. And then here comes, you know, whoever the next big face team is on SmackDown after the draft. And you'll get Ali and those guys versus Orton and the Revival. I think it will be more like that versus like an official the three of us, and don't get me wrong, I think it would be awesome if, if they were officially together. Like, what were they calling it for a they, while? They should be. AO or something? Yeah, it was. Yeah, they, they should be. The, revi- the Revival cool. needs it. No offense to them, yeah. but they, they need something extra. It keeps them on TV. There's a top person that is constantly on TV with them. What yeah. would really help would be, yeah, like, if, if Randy came out during their matches or was on commentary during their matches or Something yeah. we we've seen, we haven't seen Randy in that kind of role for a while, where he just takes somebody mm-hmm. underneath his wing and just watches over them for a while. It, it would be good, mm-hmm. at least for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Maybe like as we enter into 2020, then they can go back to doing their own thing. But for now, I oh, hope yeah. it continues. Not not to mention their setup into the RKO is pretty cool as well. Kind of reminds me of the 3D yeah. a little bit. So yeah, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, right now, what I got to do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right now, quickly, what I'll do is uh, I haven't um, talked about New Japan in a while. We'll keep this very short. They're about to finish up their Destruction Tour. Uh, when they do the Destruction Tour, they do three shows. What I like about New Japan's tours is 
they'll do three shows for their tours, and then each tour, it's old school, like how WWF used to do back in the day. They'll do three shows, and then each show will be main evented by, like, a different group of people, like mm-hmm. how WWF would do, like, there's yeah. the Hogan group, and there's you the Warrior Hogan, group, and then, then there's like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah there's, it's sort of like yeah. that, so... Yeah, so the first uh, one was on September 15th, and uh, the main event was Tanahashi against Zack Sabre Jr. for the Ref Pro Championship. And Tanahashi had won it from uh, Zack Sabre Jr. the other day on August 30. What, what, what was that? The 31st when they had all those shows on one day, Royal yeah. Quest. Yeah, thirty. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So uh, Zack Sabre Jr. he won the title back, so he won it back from. Tanahashi, so you know, not, not not much of a big deal. They're just trading the belt back and forth. They've been feuding for pretty much the whole year, I think. So very, that's one of the top views. You know, which is very uncommon of them to do. I know it's the Rev Pro title, so they don't have as much pull with yeah. it as one of their own or even like the Never. But you know, usually, you know, and you might, if I'm wrong, tell me. But from what I've learned about you know New Japan and the way they book their shows, even when it's through something else. They never really like to hot shot titles back and forth. Yeah, that's not really their thing. You know. So it's, yeah, it's I think they were really doing it for. Uh, I think they really did it for a Rev Pro brand because that was a big deal for Tanahashi to be uh, their champion. So I think, mm-hmm. and, and also the first show was uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Like he's from the UK, but he's one of those UK guys that can come out and get booed in his own country. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So because mm-hmm. of kind of how he is. Now, for the second show, uh, for the second destruction show, we had uh, Abushi defending his, uh, um, his again, uh, this always confuses fans new New Japan. So when you win uh, the G1, you're given a briefcase, and people think the briefcase is like you can cash in. The briefcase is just a visual to remind you, hey, this person has the, the title shot at the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom. So whenever people right. win the G1, they have to defend um, their championship opportunity. And so far, no one has lost that opportunity. But one day, you know, I would imagine one no day, uh, eventually, sooner or time, one, one person is going to win the G1 and probably lose Honestly, it. So They won't do it to Ibushi this year, but I can see the next G1 winner. Yeah. However they yeah. go about it next year, losing the case. Mm-hmm. I, I can see Right, that. right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's something that is uncommon for international fans, but the the concept of putting up a title shot, that's something that uh more American viewers are, are used to. A lot of American promotions have right. done that. So but uh Abushi he fought um he fought Kinta and okay. a match to determine uh who was gonna take the briefcase and uh, Abushi beat Kinta. It was one of those overcoming the odds kind of things because the Bullet Club kept interfering, but Ibushi still got the pin at the end of the day. And it doesn't hurt Kenta because Kenta is still never openweight champion. And we're just kind of sitting here wondering what the hell is going on with Shibata. You've got to remember with Kenta, the one, and it's a good thing. Let me finish the statement because it, it might sound like stupid in the beginning, but let me finish it. As far as Kenta goes, right, he could lose. He could take the heat from it. Because nobody is thrilled that Kenta, you, you know what I mean by nobody. Nobody's thrilled that Kenta's in New Japan. Like he he's not getting that whole oh my God Kenta's here, you know. All right, we'll give him the run because he's getting such a positive and reaction because he's here. Kenta is getting the fuck you. We don't want you here. <laughs> reaction. Mm-hmm. So he could he could lose in that sense, 
and then just come out whenever, you know, the next whatever and just do something and just still have those people hating the fact that he's there. And that's, that's, that's rare. And I'm not saying that. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's the nice change from the, oh, my God, holy shit, so-and-so's here. Yay, dude, he, you know he's a heel. You know, nah, yeah, he's here. Let's cheer. And then, you know what, we'll turn him in six months. This is from the get-go. No, we don't want you. Fuck you, boo. Get out of here. We don't want you here. So we're going to hate you from minute one that you walked in here. And, you know, I like I, I the, uh, that helps. I, I, that helps yeah, I like the story. I know, I know Dave likes to, uh, I know Dave likes to suck New Japan's dick all the time, and he was saying that Kenta's heel turn was the best turn, like, in, in decades. I don't know about all that, but as far as, like, the execution of how they did it, it makes perfect sense. So to those who don't know the story, Kenta is basically alienated by everybody. Kenta was – he was the star of Pro Wrestling Noah, and Pro Wrestling Noah is sort of like the, the rival competition to – to New Japan, and historically, what happens? A lot of folks in pro wrestling Noah, once they reach the peak of Noah, like once they've done everything they can possibly do, they usually go to New Japan, or as they call it in Japan, the big leagues, right? But instead of going to to Noah, you know, he was given uh, an offer by New Japan, and instead he went to WWE. Instead, he went to NXT. A lot of New Japan uh, folks at the time were very resentful towards Kenta at the time, because it's like, oh, you don't want to come to Japan, but you want to go to America. So then he went to NXT and then called himself Hideo Itami, which, you know, also pissed off Japanese fans because they thought that he was kind of running away from, you know, the whole Kenta name. So he went to yeah, WWE, yeah. and as we all know, he when he went over there, the run... Have, what, what, what people forget with that is that probably wasn't his doing. Like, right. You know, I mean, I know they made him do interviews where he explained why he changed the name, but to be fair, let's be honest, it's not like Kenta went to, you know, Triple H and said, I don't want to be Kenta anymore, I want to be Hideo Itami. It was, hey, right, Kenta, right. listen, you know what, we, we, you know, we're going to change, you're you going to change you up a little, and, you know, this is going to be your name going forward. And that's the one thing that, you know, I think gets lost in in all that. <laughs> That's just probably because just a lot of Japanese fans just don't they don't follow WWE like that, so they don't really know what's going on down there. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of one of those like yeah, that, non-context yeah. things, right? So he went over there, and obviously, you know, as most folks know, the run just didn't go well. So after that, um, uh, he left he was WWE and w- he was, was, uh, was and that, and that that's another thing that people you know forget about. People think people think WWE truly dropped the ball with him. They didn't. The problem is. Guy never stayed healthy, you know. I mean. Well, I think another issue too about about NXT during that time, and I've said this before as well. Uh, to the exact moment, NXT is a different um, the, animal even four years now, ago than it is today. Yeah. Right, right. That's, the the, the, the exact moment I I knew when when NXT was uh was when I knew for sure when I knew that I didn't like the direction of NXT. Um, I'll never forget it. Um, I don't know the other guy's name. Um, I, the the uh, who are those dudes? They were just the NXT Tag Champions, and they lost them. Uh, they lost them to Red Dragon. Yeah, who's the other guy? Uh, Angelo Dawkins, and what's the other guy's Montez name? Montez Ford. 
Montez Ford. Right, right. Montez, Montez is fine. He's good. It's the other dude, Angelo Dawkins. I remember this specifically. There is a time period um, where it was like most of the people that they had been building had got called up. Like Corbin had got called up. Um, Balor had got called up. A lot of folks had got called up. And it was one of those like periods where you had Aries was there, Nakamura was there, and like everybody else was like nowhere near their level, like in the ring, mm-hmm. uh, presentation-wise. I remember specifically it was it was one of those uh, NXT episodes where it was like an access event, you know, like where they do Mania and they have access. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was it was it was Austin Aries. It was Austin Aries versus Angelo Dawkins. And I remember watching that, and I was like, why the hell is Aries wrestling this guy? This is it, it was so bad because you, you could see it was like night and day. Like, here's a guy who's wrestled for TNA, wrestled for Ring of Honor, and I remember watching that, and I'm like, well, probably, this dude's it probably ready. Wasn't a knock to, it probably wasn't a knock to Aries. It was probably a case of let's get Dawkins in you know, with a guy that can right. help bring him along. You, you got right, right, and the risk that of that, and the risk of that is that when you now, get someone that's, yeah, but when you get someone that's that experienced against someone that's not as experienced, you're more likely to have injuries happen. And unfortunately, that's what happened to Kenta because he got power slammed by that green guy. I like them. You know, the dude that was, uh, he was on that special you kept talking about. You know, the one um, they used to do those specials. About the NXT folks, you, you I forgot what it was oh, called. Yeah, you didn't want to told me about ground. it. Yeah, breaking ground. Breaking ground. Fantastic. Yeah, Kenta got hurt by one of those dudes. It was uh, it was the you know, dude that that came from football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked I liked the guy. Like he had potential, and you know, yeah, I I, I understood that he was green. The problem with Kenta is that was like the third injury in. That's well, that wasn't problem. his fault, though. That one wasn't his no, fault. That no, was just a, a power slam. No, oh, no, no. Yeah. Listen, unless you're utterly, completely batshit irresponsible, an injury should never be looked at as it's your fault. They happen. It's just part of the business. The problem is, and I'm a little surprised yet thankful Joe hasn't fell into this, the old mentality up until recently – was you got injured X amount of times over X amount of time, you were labeled. They weren't going to invest. I think Joe has fallen into that, that, actually. I think that's the main reason why they haven't that. pushed him hard. I, I, I think so. I think so. He's been, he's yeah, been hurt like what? four times, dude. Yeah, but you know what? Even though he lost, he still got put into a program with Kofi for the title. He still, you know what I'm saying? Like, he has it. He hasn't. He has, dude. There's been there's there's been a lot of times where Joe's just been shitted on. The one that I remember specifically, and I remember at the time, people were like, uh, "What? Not not no, not just Brock. I mean, he had matches. He, I mean, he had a match with Brock. The one that stood out to me. Yeah, and he I mean, I know it was I, I know it was a shit match anyway. That summer, that Survivor Series thing where he was part of that Survivor Series team, and then Drew just like kicked him in like two minutes, and he was out. It was like, what the yeah. fuck? People, people were saying, oh, they're just building Drew. And I'm like, yeah, they can build uh-huh. Drew, but you can still build him by making it look like – I remember, like, Drew just kicked him, and, like, that was it. I was like, what? So, well, I mean, I too, think – The problem is, too, when they do that Raw versus SmackDown match, and they didn't do so much last year, 
But they also did it with the year with Strowman and Triple H were the last two, and it looked like we were getting Strowman, Triple H at Mania. I remember Strowman just picked up and power slammed back-to-back Rude and Nakamura and just pinned them. And it was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah, that, that, that match was so bad. That was so bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was yeah, bad. That, that was Clearly, bad. They, were, they, they were just booked. Yeah, they- that, they were just they were just booking on the fly and and they were just like whatever I I didn't like that. For whatever reason, they can't book those elimination matches. For whatever reason, they can't book. Yeah. They 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 yeah they just they either hot shot the eliminations or the eliminations are done to guys in such a way that it's like wait that's all you're doing to get rid of. You gotta remember the the, was, the best one the best one they did was the one in 2016. The the one in twenty the the one they did in, in Survivor Series twenty sixteen where it was Team Raw Team SmackDown you know where it was like uh, uh, yeah. Orton Wyatt and, and and all those that yeah. one match they did that was a great match that was probably one of that the best great, Survivor yeah. Series matches they've done in years but outside of that even, they even don't know how to book those rid of Styles even when they had to get rid of like Styles I remember it was because him and Ambrose got into it and then Rollins and Reigns who were on Team Raw with Ambrose, like, triple powerbomb Styles, and they rolled, they just rolled Styles in the ring, and Styles got pinned. Like, they actually went out of their way. And even Owens, I forget how Owens got eliminated, but Owens got eliminated in a way where it was like, okay, this this works, this makes sense. And they, yeah, they I believe he was DQ'd or something. He got something DQ'd like or something. Yeah, like, like, it was like, they did a good job of protecting Rain, I'm not Rain, um, Owens and Styles, because they were the champions. And when they eliminated them, they did it in such a way, like I said, AJ got hit with, like, the triple power bomb after, like, him and Ambrose got into it, which made sense because they were facing each other at TLC the next month. So they actually played that whole, well, there's no way they can get along, which was smart. And that led to AJ getting eliminated. Yeah, then Owens did something. I think he chair-shotted somebody, and he got DQ'd, which, again, was right. fine. You, you protected the champions the way it it, it was the one with Braun. And it, oh, it had to be the one 2017 where he literally, Nakamura and Rude, he literally power slammed both of them, and that was it. That match was back to back. that match was just a clusterfuck. It was so disappointing. And then what was the most disappointing to me, what I was excited about at the time, was it was the first time, like, ever that I can recall, like, in years where we had Triple H – and Shane in the same ring at the same time <laughs> against each thing. other. Yeah, because you know what made that even stick out even more? Well, he makes my sister happy. That comes right, right. happened like a month like a month before and it was like, All right. Right. All and I was like, Okay, here we go, they're gonna do something here. And right, and the only time they touched was the finish. That was the finish, you know, it was just Triple H gave him yep. a pedigree and and that was it. Yeah. And I was like, this was just a clusterfuck completely. Yeah. So, but anyway, but but, get, but getting back to what I was saying, what what I do like about this uh, Kenta heel turn. So so he so he, he left WWE, and then he came back to New Japan. Well, n- not came back because he was never there. He came back to Japan, right. and then he went to New Japan. And Shibata was the one that uh that introduced him. And when Kenta came out, um, it was like he gets resentment because he. Was he chose WWE over New Japan the first time, so that gave him heat. And now that he's in New Japan, now the reaction was sort of like, "You're not here because you want to be. You're here because the WWE run didn't work out." 
So they you, pushed you him you as a face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a, oh, you couldn't cut it there, so now you're coming here. You're a failure. Right, right. So they so they pushed him as a face, and then those two those two American young lions that Shibata's been training, they they paired them up with with Kenta. So then, as the G1 went on, uh, they gave Kenta like this winning streak where he was beating Abushi, where he was beating Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. So he, so he's he's beating people, and then after each person is, that Kenta beats, pissing, which is just pissing more people off, like right, right, right. It's, it's causing know, them more resentful. Here, it's causing more more resentment. Guys, like what the fuck? <laughs> right, right. And then the best part was when Kenta would beat them, he would offer his hand. Like he, so he offered a handshake to Tanahashi. He offered a handshake to Ibushi. He offered a handshake to all the folks he beat. And the great part of the story was, each person that he offered a handshake to, chose to not shake his hand. Tanahashi didn't shake his hand. Ibushi didn't shake his hand. Almost as if a sort of way of saying like, either you haven't earned it yet, or we don't trust you yet. Which yeah, and story is great. Yeah, in that case, it's good. I don't like that in general because then you're justifying yeah. someone retaliating against you, and it, it kind of lessens the, you know, the way to really kind of, you know, when you're trying to sell a heel turn. Right. You, and I don't like this, and everybody does it. TNA does it. WWE does it. You know, ROH, I'm sure AEW is going to do it. Everybody, for whatever reason, no wrestling company can book away from this. There are times when you go to heel they, turn. And yeah, and, and to me, what, I think what a lot of wrestling companies heel, don't get as well is that when you're a heel and you shake someone's hand, that makes you a face. And um, like no, when Randy, not when, I'm not even saying that. What I'm what I'm saying is is that sometimes these companies, and like I said, everybody's been and will be guilty of it. It's just a thing that's gone on for years. Hmm. There's times where you book these guys to turn heel, but when you look at the whole picture, you're like, well, wait a second. This guy's justified. Well, I think the biggest misuse of the handshake angle was – I I think the biggest misuse of the handshake angle was when Cesaro – and I remember – I know a lot of folks don't care about the the body – the battle royale anymore. When Cesaro won that battle royale – he was he was still a heel. He was part of the Real Americans mm-hmm. with 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 uh, Swagger, who turned on him earlier that night, and yep. he won the battle royale by literally body slamming Big Show. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't like he barely eliminated him. He picked him up and slammed him over the top rope. The fans popped, and then after the match, Big Show got on the apron, and Cesaro yeah, shook fun. his hand. And so so by doing that, I'm like, this dude's not a heel. He's a face. And so he then when they paired him with Heyman. That's where it was like, what? You could tell, especially with the way Cesaro was getting over, with the swing, with this and that, they were going to turn him face. Him and Swagger were going to break up, and he was going to be the face. It was fine. And the Battle Royal was the perfect way to do that. The problem is, 24 hours later, Okay, he tells Zeb he's not he's not with Zeb Coulter because you got to remember the beginning part of that program. Hogan does the trophy presentation, and Hogan's putting mm-hmm. him over like a million bucks, you know. And it looks like okay, this is all right. Zeb's gonna come out, and and Cesaro's gonna break away from Zeb, and okay, that makes sense, you know, you, you, the piece by piece by piece. But then all of a sudden, 
oh, I'm not a Zeb Coulter guy anymore. I'm a Paul Heyman. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, you're putting away. And then, then there was the little stretch where they were teasing the whole Cesaro was eventually going to get fed up with Heyman because every week when Cesaro would come out, Heyman would do the Lesnar speech about beating Undertaker. And then there were the reports that, okay, well, they're going to have Cesaro get mad at Heyman for constantly bringing up Lesnar. And then that's going to be the implosion and Cesaro's going to feud with Lesnar. Then all of a sudden, one Monday night, Cesaro comes out with no Heyman. And they were like, oh, Cesaro and Heyman have dissolved their alliance. They just felt it was just best to move on. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that was where it was like, no, (laughs) you know? But if you go that moment at Mania, it made sense for him to shake hands with Big Show. And that's and that's what hurts Heyman more than anything. What hurts him, what hurts his chances in the future is, you know, anyone that's young enough to remember the Dangerous Alliance and, of course, the original ECW. Heyman's been paired with many people, and he's made it work. But for whatever mm-hmm. reason, in WWE, they only know how to make Heyman work with Brock. They they can't figure out how to make him work with anybody else. It's a booking thing. It's, it's a, I don't want to sound like negative against WWE, but like literally it's a WWE issue. ECW was able to make it work. WCW was able to make it work. Look, but for some reason in WWE. has worked with, besides Brock, it's Punk. It's, and the problem is. And it could be he, argued that Punk didn't need him. I don't think he did, but he helped. It's not even that. He helped. It's not even that. Look what it is. It's guys that Heyman has rapport with already and guys that Heyman, you know, right. has relationships with. That's when Heyman has worked. The problem is you put him with Curtis Axel. And God damn it, I think, I think this I, – I give him credit for trying. I really do. Because you got to remember back then, too, the whole label of – being a Paul Heyman guy was supposed to be the label of gold during that quick era. And, you know, they tried. It didn't work. Then they tried, like you said, with Cesaro, for whatever reason, it didn't work. You know? Yeah, they don't know how. For some reason, they just just don't know how to do – they don't know how to do anything except Heyman and Brock. And that's fine. Yeah. But he could he could help others get over easily. Others, but it's well, like now, they're creative. I, I don't know if you know. could do it now because I don't know if you want to delve into that. But I think now also with him being in charge of Raw and you're seeing the influx of Heyman on Raw, you're seeing the improvement. You're seeing the tide start to turn. Is it there yet? Absolutely not. Okay. You know, but you could see it, it's starting. Maybe then, if he's going to be yeah. in control of it, and he could turn around and say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to t- attach myself to, I don't know, whoever. It's hard to tell with the, with the wild card rules still. But after the draft, right. he turns around and says, I want to make this guy my project. I think it would work as long as he had his hands on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. Yeah, you yeah. know, if he gets his hands on it and he turns around and says, listen, I'm going to work with, again, whoever, I don't know, take, take your pick, you know. I think now it could work versus, like, what you said, you know, okay, Paul, we're going to put you with Curtis Axel. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, 
all right, <laughs> you know, I guess, <laughs> you know. So, but right, I want to address so, that um, thing. Well, wait, there's one more. Wanna, there's one more match okay. I gotta. There's one more match okay. I gotta go over. Uh, so the the last destruction show will be on the 22nd, two days from today. And uh, I expect for, as the usual, for fans to expect the worst. Um, Naito will be defending the Intercontinental Championship against Jay White. And uh, Jay has also put his name in the hat for double champions. So at first it was just Naito saying that he wanted to be a double champion. And then Ibushi said that he wants to challenge for the Intercontinental title regardless of what happens at the Tokyo Dome. And now Jay White is also saying that he also wants to be a double champion. So they're making this double champion thing the the big angle of uh, yeah. of uh, yeah. So obviously, uh, the only person who, who doesn't seem to care is Okada, because of course you oh, know he's yeah. Okada. <laughs> so so yep. anyway, so this this could go either way. Um, but um, but yeah. So Naito will be fighting against Jay, and then that'll be it for the destruction stuff. Um, so man, that's all the New Japan stuff. I just wanted to update okay. on that. Um, all right, so uh, what was the topic you wanted to talk about? Okay, well, before I get into the other stuff, I had dinner with my friend that works at Busted Open, and boy, did we have a conversation and a half the other night. How? Hmm. Who the fuck is Kenny Omega? What was the question? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Who the fuck is Kenny Omega? Well, he was the cleaner, but I don't know who he is now, so. That interview? That shit, man. I'm sorry. That shit, what interview? And that's worse than what... Oh, you, you haven't heard about this? No, I'm trolling with you, man. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah. Sorry. Rollins got yeah. shit I know you're because Rollins, Rollins got Twitter happy. Okay? And this motherfucker's going to get a fucking pass? No. No, 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 no. What got Seth in trouble was the bank stuff. When he started talking about, I made more money than you. That's what got him in trouble with a lot of fans because he's a face. And when the face of the company. You would work a dark. That's that's different. No, it's worse. Yeah, I'm just it's I'm just worse. telling you what got Steph in trouble. I'm telling I'm telling you when you're a face and you're supposed to be the face of the company and you're saying stuff and like my bank VP, account is bigger than yours. He's an executive Dude, VP that's a of, war. of his own company. That's what what Kenny said isn't a big deal. That's a war. That's just then. This is what happens. They're at war. They're supposed to throw shade at each other. Okay, Another okay, guy so that gets swept under the rug. Okay, so wait a second. So if Rollins, instead of saying that to Will Ospreay, if Rollins would have said that to MJF or to insert random guy who fucking they haven't fucking promoted yet, okay. Seth saying that he was the best in the world, like, that's fine. What got him in trouble was the bank statement thing and when he compared Will to Ricochet. That was stupid because it also exposed that Rollins didn't know what the fuck he was talking about because WWE actually tried to get Will first, and then when they couldn't get Will, Ricochet was their plan B. And as someone who prefers Prince Puma slash Ricochet over Will, like, Will's cool, but I prefer Ricochet. But I will admit, Will, this year, in 2019, he's one of the best performers out there. He's done more than Ricochet. So for Seth to say that, like, we got a better version of you, that just... Will was not the first version of half of the year. And then ever since the G1, Will's, I'm sorry, Will's been booked like 
garbage. I don't know what That's it is. because they're trying to do some that's because they're trying to they're trying to build their tag division. And what New Japan needs to do, honestly, they, they just need to merge they, they need to get out of the G one. They, 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 they need to kill off the junior titles and just merge the junior division with the tag division. As much as I love New Japan, their weak link is the tag division. It's basically just been uh, Gorillas of Destiny because all their other good teams left, yeah. like War Machine, they're with WWE, Red Dragon, they're with WWE, the Briscoes, they're Ring of Honor lifers, and they haven't come back to New Japan. So yeah. it was the same, like, four teams for, like, the past... And, and even, if they, even, as, if they did, even if they did, it's like the Briscoes, G.O.D., while as cool as that is... You I can only like do that for that, so long. I feel like, yeah, I, and I feel like they've kind of done that... Yeah, they've been there already. They've done kind of done that to the point already where it's like, all right, it's mm. not it's not unique anymore. Like, I, you know. Well, but getting back to what you said, what what Kenny said doesn't bother me at all because it's a war. They're supposed to throw shade at each other. One guy who threw shade, and a lot of people forgot about this. Either folks forgot about this, or fans just don't know about this. This was not like an accident or anything. The Mark Hamilton guy. The dude that Shane McMahon trolls, the one that always announces him as best in the world, not uh, mm-hmm. all in the show before that, when they did Double or Nothing, when the Young Bucks had their match against the Lucha Brothers, I remember specifically that Mark Hamilton dude, during that match specifically, he went on Twitter as the match was happening, and he said, no tag team in the world is better than the Usos. He could have tweeted that at any time, and he specifically okay. tweeted it during the Young okay. Bucks Lucha did he, Brothers did he, match. Did he say the other tag teams were, would work dark matches on on cards that Usos would? No, he, but that was clearly that was clearly yeah. his passive aggressive way of saying that our teams then, are better than yours. So the difference between you know what? so the difference. Let me tell you something. Let me finish. The difference between AEW and WWE is WWE they're taking passive aggressive shots. When when Mark Hamilton made that comment, it was a clear shot at the Young Bucks, except he didn't directly say it. But with AEW, whenever they take shots, they're just saying it straight up. So, But that's what so happens when you have a problem, war. Here's the problem with AEW. Here's the problem with AEW. And they've been doing this since day one. They say something, it's, and this is, I'm sorry, this is a big chunk of their fan base. It's, yeah, yay, go Cody, go Matt, go Nick. Penny, I'll, I'll let you suck me off. Yay! Go Brandy! Go Man Woman! Yay! Someone fires back. Oh my god, how could you do that, bro? Oh, okay. Oh cool. my god, we're just a little company. Why are you picking on us? That's number one. And number two. I don't mind it also okay. because fans forget Kenny's a heel, too. Well, suppo- that's what he's supposed to be. Originally, he was right a heel. Now? He's yeah, always yeah, been a heel. It's just the fans right. cheered him. I'm just saying. I'm now? just saying. The whole point was he was always a heel. It's just what happened was the elite and being the elite in general just got popular and fans cheer him. But he was always a heel. So him being a piece of shit saying stuff about, like that. You want to know what? You know. All right. So we're we're gonna chuck it up to his character. Okay. You know what pissed me off too though? The minute someone called him out to riddle. Oh no, me and Matt are mad cool. We're bros. Have some balls. Have probably, some probably are. Stick to your statement. You know, stick to your oh, statement. Oh wait, wait. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I, hold on. Hold on. I thought I see uh, KME called, and I'm sorry, KME. Uh, KME, are you there? 
all right, sorry about that. Uh, so it's we're going good. we're going back and forth on on the we're going back and forth on 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 the Kenny stuff. Me personally, you, you can give your ten cents in a second. Me personally, like this is what happens, right? Like this this is the last thing I'll say, and then I'll let KME say his piece, and then JCD can finish his piece. This is the problem to me. Like wrestling fans, you guys want wrestling to be cool again, and when you have this is what happens. This is what happens. We're going to have two wrestling shows on Wednesday. When you have a war, they're supposed to throw shade at each other. That's what happens. But in this new society, people get angry. Listen to the key words I said. On both sides, you cannot pick and choose when it's cool and when it's, oh, my God, how could they? On both sides. I'm preparing for this. I'm prepared for this the moment moment that – the moment that we both the the moment that it became apparent that that NXT and AEW were both going to be on Wednesdays, I was like, "That's it. They're going to throw shade at each other." It was really just a matter of who's going to who's going to throw stuff first. Oh, one more thing before Kami gets his thing in. You asked this question earlier this week, John. You said who's going to throw the first bullet? NXT did. Mm-hmm. Look, Nigel, I love you to death, Nigel. You're one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, but. When NXT started, he called NXT the only true alternative. Dude, I know you're just being told to say stuff. As good as NXT is, it's still part of WWE. During the commercials, you're showing ads for Hell in a Cell. You're not an alternative. You're still part of WWE. No one's attacking the wrestling. I'm not saying the wrestling isn't good. I'm not saying the takeovers aren't good. They're great. But as good as it is, no matter what you do, you can have the best matches ever. You will never make me forget that you're still part of WWE. So Just like the Evolve, in my opinion. So basically, the, because of the banner they're under, they will not get their just due because at the end of the day, it's still under WWE. Okay. Well, Pretty much. Just like Evolve, okay. to me, Evolve okay. is not a true indie because it's very clear to me that they're no, in bed with WWE. WWE developmental. And the fact that exactly. That, I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you saw this yet. Austin Theory actually debuted at, at last night for NXT. I think they were in Pensacola. Right. And he, he, he right. debuted. And he's still the Evolved Heavyweight Champion. And it's even to a point where he's got a shirt already. Amongst all those shirts that got released this week, you know, and say what you will about the designs of them, whatever. The one, the one thing that nobody noticed, Theory's got a shirt already. So I agree with you with that. Yeah. Evolve can can play that role all they want. Evolve is WWE's developmental. I agree with you one million percent on that. Yeah, Evolve is WWE's developmental. The only thing I'm not going to agree with you on is. Yes, at the end of the day, everything falls under the WWE banner. But you know what? Merit it on its own. Oh, I will. Don't I will. I'm not attacking the wrestling. The WWE banner. Right. But I asked you that. I asked you that two minutes ago, and you said yes. I said so because it's under the WWE banner, that's going to affect how you look at. It. And you said yes. No, 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 no. Because it's under the WWE banner, I'm not going to see NXT as an alternative because it's not. It's not an alternative no. because an alternative means it's something different from WWE, which is not because it's still part of WWE. So it's not an alternative. Is it better than the main okay, roster? I'll give you that. Absolutely. But give it its own. Do not turn around and look at whatever match it is 
And right. if it was under a different banner, say, oh, that match would be this good if it was under this banner. But because it's under WWE, it, I'm only going to say it's that good because that's going to happen. And that does happen. Right. Tri- Triple H knows what he's Triple H knows what he's doing. He knows Triple H. He knows Triple H is more in in, in touch. Right. Tri- Triple H yep. is more in touch with what today's fans want, and Triple H understands and I, I that this current crop of fans want good wrestling. Pill, this is a hard pill for some people that support AEW blindly and without any reservation fail to realize. This is why, oh, they didn't put Raw up against it because they're scared. They didn't put SmackDown up against it because they're scared. No, they put NXT up against it because Triple H is the guy, and you just said it, that is going to be able to do what needs to be done to fight this war. And Not just what, that, but NXT, what, NXT and AEW, they both, they both cater to the same fans because at the end of the day, both AEW fans and NXT fans, regardless, mm-hmm. both of them, are, I mean, there's all types of wrestling fans, but the average, in my experience, right. the average NXT fan right. and the average AEW fan, they're jaded fans that are tired of the mainstream now, the and they want something be, different. The question is going to be, who's going to be able to split that pie? Bigger. Well, they both have, they both have the their question. own pros. Well, anyway, I didn't but, mean for, uh, saying, to, to go on that long. Let, no, but what I'm saying, to your point real quick, and we'll, we'll end it on that, is you're right. So if there's 5 million wrestling fans that are just set up with Raw and SmackDown, and that's why they watch NXT, and that's why they've been checking out the AEW shows, the question's going to become with the ratings is, okay, here's your number. How are you going to split it? And the other thing real quick that people need to remember with ratings, I've been preaching this from, for about almost two months now. The first month is not going to tell you shit because you at the AL wild card game on October 2nd at 8 p.m., mind you. Then you've got, I think you've got the ALCS is the ninth, and then I believe there's another game. I don't think there's anything on the 16th, but potentially with the World Series, you get one game on the 23rd, and I believe game seven if necessary, will be on the 30th. So you're probably not going to have a true idea with the ratings probably until November. And even that, because then you're going to head into the holidays. The only good thing is Thanksgiving is late this year, so you'll probably get four full weeks before we get to that Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I believe, on the calendar. And then you hit December. You probably won't have a a, a real feel for where this is going rating-wise until after the holidays, and that's what people need to realize, okay? NXT did a 1.179 this week. They'll do something probably similar next week. Now on the second, if NXT does a 0.5 and AEW, let's say, did the same 0.5, you can't turn around in one corner and say... You you also have to realize that NXT this week, only one hour was on TV. It's a lot easier to watch one hour than two hours. It was very short and to the point. Yeah, you could say, you know I mean? say that for both sides. What I'm saying is, is that you can't turn around, and not you, but you, know, you can't turn around and say, AEW did a 0.5, that's okay because they were up against the wild card game, but then turn around and say, ha, 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 NXT only did a 0.5. They were up against the same wild card game. That's, 
this is all I have to say about ratings. The problem with ratings is wrestling fans, they use ratings. Okay, let me word this correctly. The problem with ratings in present-day wrestling, wrestling fans will use ratings as an argument when it fits their narrative, but then when it doesn't fit their narrative, they'll say it doesn't matter. It doesn't work that way. If if ratings matter to you in one instance, they matter to you all the time. If they don't matter to you in any instance, then they don't matter, period. As as an example, like like for me, I can't take Baron Corbin seriously for two reasons. One, because he looks like a TGIF servers. And secondly, historically, this is not an opinion. This is a fact. And every time I tell this to a Baron Corbin supporter, they shut the fuck up and they have nothing to say. Every time that they have prominently featured Baron Corbin, ratings have gone down. Record lows. When he was doing the whole Constable Corbin bullshit last year, lowest ratings Raw's ever had. When he was the Money in the Bank briefcase holder and he kept teasing that he was going to cash in, ratings were down. When they were doing the never-ending Seth, Corbin, Becky, Lacey Evans feud yep. earlier this summer, ratings, ratings were down. Heck, he is a constant that... ratings killer. And There's a difference like between heel heat and get the fuck off my TV heat. Baron Corbin has get the fuck off my TV heat. Listen, People see him and they turn the fucking channel. I'm That's not an opinion. That's a fact. Corbin. I'm still all bored on Corbin. I'm not going to That's fine. try to deny it. No, no, but let me hang on. But there obviously is something to that because if you remember that night after TLC last year with the whole you guys are the authority now, you guys are in control – Everyone forgets the second half of that segment was when Corbin came out, and they even played that into the angle with Corbin, saying, you know, ever right. since you took over from Kurt Angle, ratings and people don't <laughs> want to watch the show. Like they, no, but they did, they did, they did. Go watch. Right. Yeah, Go no. watch and I'm not, I'm not using this as an excuse to I'm, shit I'm on Corbin. I'm just simply up. saying that that fans, fans. I'm just saying, I'm just using that as an as as an example to say. That when, when the ratings were down, people will use that. And every now and then when you hear good news, when you hear that, oh, the ratings were up, people will use that against their narrative. So that's the thing about wrestling fans. You can't, you can't be half pregnant. So if and, you're going to say and ratings don't matter other, to you, they don't. The other thing people forget is this is not 1998, 1999 anymore. The days of a wrestling show, any wrestling show, doing a four-point something, a five-point something, a six-this, not, nothing does that anymore. It's because it's the way yeah. the, the ability to watch TV has changed completely between this streaming service, that streaming service, DVR, on demand. You don't get that anymore. The only thing you really mm-hmm. get that with is, is major sporting events. But you don't well, get you, that. Even you with, still get it with certain shows, though. Like, if, 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 if people... Certain shows are appointment television. WWE is is not anymore. Uh, I don't mm. think any wrestling is appointment TV anymore. One question You're too right. that I have to ask going forward is uh, when AEW TV stars like this is something that WWE does. Is that I don't know if anyone pays attention to this. Whenever a WWE show is live, if you follow them on YouTube, if you follow them on Twitter, they will do updates as the show goes on. I know a lot of folks who don't watch a WWE show live, but they'll go on Twitter and they'll go on YouTube to basically oh, yeah. keep up with what's going when on. Is AEW going to do that? Night, I'm rocking Twitter. I'm rocking Twitter. And I'm checking. Okay, right, what's going so, on? okay. All right. So, you know, whatever. This happened, that happened. Okay, cool. Now, 
you know, I'll go, you know, when I get home, I'll pick up from here, but I'll make sure I go back and watch that or, oh, okay, I don't need to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't Right, so stuff like that, stuff like that, that makes it, uh, it, it makes it easier to keep up the product without actually tuning and to watch and whether or not AEW is going to do that, I, I don't know. I think if you're though, I think you need to do that. I don't think you could turn around and say we're not going to do that this way. It forces you to watch. Like, I don't know if you could do that with anything anymore and and have that work. I think that mentality is, I think, like, when people are on the go, they want to know what's going on. You get somebody that, you know, wants to find out, you know, what's, who's Jericho's mystery partners. Let me go check Twitter. Why can't I find this? Fuck. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. But the way today's society is, I think they would be foolish not to do it. The one thing they are, they did announce yesterday, no replay. Okay, no replay. That's fine. In the world of DVR, that's no problem. No immediate plans to have the shows put on, I think it's uh, Bleacher Report or the Turner streaming service, which is coming eventually. There's nothing yet in place, but immediately there will be no, you know, eventual, like, go check it out, you know, three days from now on Bleacher Report. I have a question about this, though. Um, I wonder if it's going to be, um, if if they're going to um, do uh, the, like, when, so in the 90s, when Nitro used to come on TNT, they would show it, it the live version of Nitro at uh, 5 p.m. out here on the West Coast right. because out, out there it's 8 of 8 p.m. Right. And then on the um, on the West Coast again, they would show a head-to-head version that was that would go on at that was um, the replay. Yeah, that was the replay, right? So I wonder if they're going to do um, a replay like they that. Said no. They said no. They okay. said no. They said no replay. Yeah, that, it's gonna I, be I, it's I gonna be live that, when it's on, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I I, I can see the the pros and cons of doing both. Um, yeah, yeah but you know what though? You're in the baby stages. What you what you say you're gonna do today? Six weeks down the road, you might find out. You know what? We we're doing okay, but you know what? If we did this differently, we could do a little better. Let's tweak it. You might just because they're saying no replay today doesn't mean six weeks from now they won't turn around and say. Okay, you know what? We're gonna go live from eight to ten. Then TNT is gonna add air whatever from ten to eleven, and then eleven o'clock, eleven to one will be the replay. They, they yeah. can still turn around and do that. Just because they're not doing it today doesn't mean you know. Like I said, six weeks from now they don't turn around and say, "Okay, let's do that." I'm sure they're gonna um, also. Uh... Do like a week, like show it on the weekend. Like that's do every cable show on the planet gets shown like a thousand. I don't, I don't know. Once it airs, um, like that. I mean, they do that with the MTV Awards, man. They'll show it. Yeah, like, but when it yeah, but on. this is this is a different animal than that, though. I I don't so, know if so, you're so. gonna get a Saturday morning. You know, I don't know if I would do that because it also takes away from. Well, you know what. I could watch NXT tonight, and then Saturday morning I'll catch AEW. I don't know if you, so, uh, I don't know okay. if you could do that. I think you want to keep that. You the forget about the people that are out and want to catch it on social media. I think what you you need to worry about is the person that's on their couch with their remote in their hand. 
what are you doing to make sure they watch it then? And I think I think if you air it like, oh, we'll air it again Saturday at 6 o'clock, I think you're giving people an out. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, man. You know? So, so Kami, I, I have a question for you because yeah. uh, I know you're really into you're, you're really into sports. Well, both of you guys know more about mm-hmm. sports than me. But this is the thing that I really have uh, for, for you. I, I want you to answer this first, Kami, and after that, uh, I want John to give his thoughts as well, right? So as a as a casual who doesn't know much about sports, I know that drafts are a big deal. And when NBA, when NFL do drafts and stuff, you know, they, they, they do it in a very professional setting where the players are there and they're wearing suits and stuff. Mm-hmm. So please so yeah. so please tell me like if this if this makes sense to me. Now that we have the WWE network, why don't they just do a draft special on the network? Why is it still done on TV? Picture this. I remember specifically when they first brought back the brand split. When they um to to nail it, Cammy's gonna nail it. I expect him to, but but it's a very simple answer, and I I'm sure he'll give it to you because. Okay, well, well, this is the visual that I have in mind. This is the visual I have in my head. I remember specifically when they brought back this draft back in 2016. And when they were calling up NXT people, they did this really cool thing where I guess they were somewhere in the performance center. Everybody from NXT was down there. And then when certain people got caught up, it showed, like, their genuine reactions. But what I remember more than anything was it had the whole, like, NXT roster, I guess, in a gym, and they were just sitting watching or whatever. So it's like – why can't they just do a draft special in the network where you have all the Raw roster in one room, all the SmackDown roster in one room, they're all wearing suits and stuff? Because I don't, I don't like the presentation of drafts on television because how they do it – well, let me rephrase that. I don't like the presentation of the shakeup because when they did the shakeup, it was just like a random segment and then somebody would just show up. Like what? You know, like when they did it the first time, they had Mick Foley, Stephanie, and Daniel Bryan, and Shane just, you know, announced different people. But to me, the best yeah. visual they've ever done of the draft was that first one back in the day where it was Bischoff and, and Heyman, and they were just on the stage, and they just took turns just drafting one person. I remember, like, there was a segment where I remember specifically it was like The Undertaker had got drafted somewhere, and he had, like, a what-the-fuck look. He was pissed off. Like, it had the whole locker room in the back. Like, I don't, I don't like how – w- Right, I, I don't like how WWE does its drafts. It does not feel professional. It just feels like it's supposed to be a big deal, and it is, but it, it doesn't feel professional. It just feels like another random segment. And I feel like well, one of the reasons why it's done that way is – okay, go, go on. What were you going to say? I'll give them credit for at least calling it a draft again, right? I mean, <laughs> that was pissing me <laughs> off when they were calling it the – the fucking shakedown or whatever. The I hated that shit. At least they're calling it a draft again. I think that's a probably a Fox mandate too. Um, and the I, I don't know if you guys watched the games this weekend, but I watched Fox pretty much you mm-hmm. know all day on Sunday. They've been all over um, the place. Yeah, they they were showing the hell out. A few of the times the announcers like. They they didn't look like that was something that they wanted to like advertise, but they did their job and they didn't make a yep. joke of it. Um, so you, I'll give them credit for that. The draft thing is one of those things that I'm like, I, my biggest problem with the draft is not the suits and all that. I think that would help. I actually agree with you on that, Epps. But my thing is just sticking to it. I think this Fox deal 
is going to force them to stick to it because oh, yeah. the way networks work, yeah. they do Fox not want – USA both said, you know, we want yeah. – if this is our roster, that's their roster. No more yeah, because they, Fox was yeah. nervous about, okay, you're going to send Roman to Raw every week, but yet right. you're going to give us Mike Kanellis next week, you know, on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. That's what Fox didn't want. The simple right, answer, and I'm surprised you didn't nail – I'm surprised you didn't jump on it. Is because despite what it is and despite how it comes off, at the end of the day, Chris, it's a ratings thing. Yeah. Say what you will, but those shows do well. They do. Whether you agree with it or not, like how they present it, don't like how they present it, like how it shakes up at the end of it, at the end of the day, it's a ratings thing. I agree with you. A Thursday night WWE Network special live from wherever, I'm sure they could rent out someplace. And, you know, have someone from Raw, someone from SmackDown be the representative and make these picks, I agree, would be an awesome thing. And, I mean, you try it out on the network for a year or two, and if it does great, you even put that as a, as a, as a special on either USA or Fox. I bet you it would do good. I agree, but at the end of the day, it's a simple thing. It's, it's, a, it's, it's ratings for that week. Yeah. That Friday night, October 11th, and then October 14th, that following Monday, it's going to – it's just those shows are going to – they're going to do well. Yeah, and, that, and that's one thing WWE is going to have to start doing better at is they're going to need to um, do, like, do, when they do these gimmick shows like the Flashback Raws and, you know, the drafts or whatever – They've got to make people want to stick around for the for the next week, right? I mean that that that's been an issue. Well, that's the one thing. If you look at Raw ratings, if you look at the ratings on Raw when they used to do the actual draft, not the just show and show is going to show up in the opening segment, right? And yeah, now he's part of Raw and he's part of SmackDown. If you go back and look when they've done these drafts, okay, and it's concluded at the end of SmackDown. And even with the whole, okay, there's going to be another 10 picks on WWE.com. Check out WWE.com to see who gets drafted. The following week, the following week, those shows have done good because people are wanting to check in and see, okay, how are they going to use so-and-so on Raw? How are they going to position so-and-so on SmackDown? Who's going to be the guy that turns heel that was a face? Who's going to be the face, you know, the heel that's now a face? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Right, you right. get that for a week or so, you know. So that's yeah. not the issue. What what I would do with them if I would, and supposedly, this is going to be done completely different. It's not going to be, you know. Oh well, let's see who's, you know, uh, uh, you know, Bobby Roode's in the ring with an open mic. Let's see who he's going to challenge, and it's going to be the next draft pick. And who's it going to? Here's be? what needs to and stop. To, to to piggyback on what Kami said. Here's what needs to stop. I have a friend. Named, named Ben, and I'm going to talk about him a little bit later. I have a friend named Ben who used to watch wrestling with me all the time in college. And after Eddie Guerrero's death and the Chris Benoit tragedy, that was just too much for him, and he stopped watching wrestling. I remember trying to uh, invite him to wrestling-related events, and every time I would like tag him on Facebook, he would like, send me a message and be like, yo, like, stop tagging me. I don't follow wrestling anymore, which sucked because he was one of my close friends, right? Right, okay. So when 
when they whatever that last Raw show was, the one that had like all the legends show up, um, Mick Foley got attacked by the Fiend, and yeah. my friend Ben he messaged me, and he was like, now again, like the last time he watched WWE was like shortly after the Benoit tragedy, so okay, you know, so he has little... he, he has no clue, yeah, so he's he's got no clue what's going on. So when he saw the Fiend, he was like, hey, that Fiend character is cool, and I'm like, oh. Awesome. So, like, I'm happy because he's messaging me about wrestling. And I'm like, oh, so, like, would you be interested in turning in weekly to, like, see more of The Fiend? And he was like, yeah. So I was like, okay, so who else did you like? So I'm, 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 I'm curious to hear his opinion because it's always very fascinating to hear the opinion of, mm-hmm. of, a, of a fan who stopped watching. So he liked The Fiend. And I said, what was the part Hi. of the show that you disliked the most? And he said the show that the, the part of the show he disliked the most was when um, – uh, the click came out, and they basically scared off the club. And he said that when Sean and Triple H and all of them were giving each other the two sweet, and Seth Rollins was just kind of there, like he just he just looked oh, there. And, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So so he said he so so yeah. So he said that like so he asked me who Seth Rollins was and. So he, he thought Seth was just a random guy, so he had no clue that they were pushing Seth as, like, a top face. And I'm like, and if, and if, if you're a fan or if you're someone who hasn't watched the product in 10 years, if you just tuned in and watched that segment, you would have thought Seth was just some random jabroni, you know. That's so a, that's, a that's the type of stuff. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the type of stuff. Right, that's the type of stuff that needs to that needs to stop. And what I thought was so cool is well, uh, my friend Ben is a lot like Kay and me. He follows basketball. He's not really into football, but he follows basketball. So he watches TNT all the time. So about two days ago, he sent me a message and was like, yo, have you heard about this AEW thing? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, what about it? And then as I'm talking to him, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot he stopped watching wrestling. So I said, so are you going to watch AEW? And he was like, well, he does watch TNT all the time. For basketball, not for you know, not for anything else. So mm-hmm. as it turns out, since he's watching TNT for basketball, he's been seeing these AEW ads every single week. You know week. what the problem with like, AEW commercials are though on TNT? They're not telling you what time the show's on. Yeah, so you know what was also weird it's, too. It's, uh, it's AEW. It ends with AEW. A new league rises October second, live on TNT. But it gives nothing about the time. It's, I'm like. And I've seen, I, you know, you know the, the commercials I've been watching, they, they've been doing that. So I'm not sure if, if that's. Yeah, I, I think it just not. depends on the area you live in. Yeah. Like in my yeah, area, they, there was, I was, I was on Twitter. They, yeah. yeah, I was, I was on Twitter on Wednesday. And a lot of people on Twitter were saying that when they watched NXT, they saw AEW ads, but there were no AEW ads on my area. But direct I know a friend TV. who lives direct, in Baltimore. It was on yeah. direct TV, direct TV. Right. Right. Yeah. Had the yeah, AEW ad. It wasn't on Files. It wasn't on Comcast or any of the other. A lot of the other big cable providers, but DirecTV they got to, they got it on DirecTV. So so yeah, clearly I mean, TNT must have bought some airtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Turner, well, Turner, yeah, it's, it's easy. And, well, no, because DirecTV Direct owns, owns DirecTV. Yeah, yeah, so it's, 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 it's oh okay. It's not like yeah, it's. It's I own this, so I might as well put my stuff on it, and I can put it wherever I want. That's that's what it is. AT and T, which right. owns Turner right. now, owns Directv, so right. they can plug whatever they oh, anyway, want but, on it. Right. Uh, anyway, to end my story, what I'm really trying to say is I just find it interesting because um, my friend Ben. 
who I've known like since 2006, many years have gone by, and every time something cool has happened in wrestling, I've told him about it, and every time I tried to get him back into wrestling, he was just like, no. Like when the CM Punk pipe bomb happened, because he's from Chicago, and he knows CM Punk. Like he personally knows CM Punk. Like he, he used to like oh, wow. live in the same apartment complex as, as CM Punk. So when, this, when the CM Punk pipe bomb happened, he was like, cool, but that didn't motivate him enough to, to keep watching. Or when Hogan and Bischoff came to TNA, he was like, cool, but that still wasn't enough to keep him watching. Or when New Japan was getting a big, a bigger presence a in, in U.S. <laughs> right, 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 right. So it's like all these <laughs> things that have happened over the years have just not budged him. He is the definition of like just a, of a fan who's just done. But now all these years later, um, this AEW thing and this NXT stuff has got his attention. And at the end of the day, my friend Ben is just one person. But it's like if it can get one jaded wrestling fan to give it a shot, to me that's the true wild card in any of this. How many of these jaded wrestling fans that just tapped out 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, how many of these fans can come back out in the woodwork? How many of these fans can AEW get? How many of these fans can NXT get? Because for many years, most of us have just assumed they're done, and they have been done. Right. And I'm just curious how many of these mm-hmm. jaded fans can come back. Because if you can get even, not even 50%, if you can get 25% of these jaded fans from like the, the, the early to mid-2000s, if you can get at least 25% of those fans to weekly tune in every week to watch an AEW or NXT, you're looking at an absolute minimum of somewhere between 2.5 to maybe even 3 million people. There's a lot of folks that just completely stopped watching wrestling. As soon as the Attitude Era ended, or, or when we transitioned from, like, the Cena, Hogan, uh, I said Cena, Hogan, the Cena, Orton, Batiste, like, 2005, 2006, right around the time Eddie and Benoit died. Like, I know a lot of folks that just tuned out, and they were just like, I'm done. And they never watched it again. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how many of these fans can NXT and AEW bring back into the, you know, that's, that's, that's the biggest wild card out of all of this, because if you add them to the to the newer fans as well as the the hardcore fans like ourselves that watch every week anyway, that that you can't predict that you know. But my friend Ben is yeah. just one fan, but he's he's proof that if you can get one fan back into it, maybe you can get a hundred, or maybe one hundred thousand, or maybe one million. Like I don't know, I can't answer the question. It's just it's too many variables. But well, this you know, is going to be interesting. But, uh, you know, it ties into the story with your friend, but it also circles back with what we were talking to about the draft. Apparently, the plan is on both shows, Fox is going to have a boatload of people rolled in, celebrity-wise, for the draft on SmackDown. And NBC's doing the same thing. NBC Universal's doing the same thing with their people for Raw. So, the, you know, can WWE use those two shows to start to generate some mainstream buzz okay, again. Okay, okay, okay. I'm trying to. Okay, I'm thinking of the shows on NBC. I'm thinking of the shows that come on Fox. Um, and I like. Are they gonna get like the Brooklyn Nine Nine cast or like? I'm just. I, I'm curious, man, because 
none of those celebrities are, are people I, I care about that much. Like, I watch <clears> the show, don't get me wrong, but, like... If I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't watch the show, but if I'm USA, yeah. you know who I'm rolling in? At least one or two people from that show, This Is Us. That's your mainstream. Now... That's your main Now, I know, you, I, I know you hate him, JCD, but what are the chances of The Rock showing up on Zero. SmackDown soon? Zero. 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 So He's I, not coming into the premiere. I don't think it's zero. I really don't. I think there's a good chance. You don't um, think Fox will ask for The Rock? They yeah, did. He I, wouldn't do. He he's not doing it. He's got a he's got a schedule. He's he's already he's filming movies at the moment. Like I'm sure when it's and if he happened to be in L.A. that weekend, I, I'm sure one of the biggest reasons why they're having that SmackDown in he's Los not Angeles there. is he's not going to be there. I'm telling you. No, he's not. I'm already telling you, we could we could do a right show 10:30 that Friday night, and that's the show's going to start with me saying, "I told you guys so." He's not going to be there for the premiere. And I'm not saying it in like a shitty way. It's just, it's not going to happen. It's not. No, he's, he's not, for whatever mm. reason, he's not going to be there for that show. No, he's not. And I would not no. expect them to waste his appearance for the draft. You want to tell me somewhere down the line, hey, listen, you know, my schedule works. Where are you guys this week? Hey, you know, we're in Oakland. Okay, you know what? I can get to Oakland. I could see that. Let's start promoting it. I could see that. But if you're asking me for those first two shows, zero. He's not going to be there for him. No, he's he's filming. Um, he's, yeah. he's he's doing uh, reshoots for Jumanji at the moment. Yep. So, um, that, yeah. He, that, okay. Unless he just happens to be in L.A. that weekend, and I I don't think he will be. He's not. Yeah. Not it, again, it's yet. not a fuck the rock. He's not going to do it because he doesn't want to. It's just he's not going to be able to do it. They tried to get it. They talked to him. They tried to see if they could do it. He couldn't do it. Everybody moved on for the premiere. Like I said, I personally, as much as I can't stand him, I would not waste him showing up for the draft. You know, I just think that's also the first episode on Fox too. It's not like it's 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 a it's a um, like triple thing, right? It's the first episode of Fox. It's the draft. No, no, the draft is the second week. What's that? Yeah. The the draft is the second week on. <clears throat> there, there there is some confusion oh, going on there. The draft is yeah. the second week, but what's weird about the first the first show is uh, I realized it this morning. The first Friday SmackDown is actually the go home show to Hell in a Cell. Not even so. that. It's the twentieth anniversary. It's going to be the twentieth anniversary show as well. Right, right. And and we'll delve into this because you mentioned this last night. I was asleep. From what I've heard, Kofi is not being booked for Hell in the South. So I saw what you wrote last night. That all will probably end in a DQ because Kofi's, you know, because of Hell in the South. Do not not assume Hell in the South is going to play any role into into the Kofi-Lesnar match. I've heard Kofi's not going to be booked in a title match. If if he is booked, it will be in a six-man with New Day, so the title will not mean anything, whether he has it or not. And from I what think I've there's going to be I, a. I, I think I think the match is going to have a fuck finish regardless. I think they're doing that to pop a rating, obviously. You know, which is smart business, of course. 
to one of Papa Rating Lane versus heard, Big Show. Both championships have very big question marks around them as far as what the next moves are. Okay. Um, for the uh, the referee. The referee guy, um, uh, Jim Corderas, he had a he had, he did a video very briefly. I sent it out to a lot of folks. He gave, he was pitching this idea around where uh, he said if he was booking, he would do um, the fiend against you know Seth, and then what he would do is like as the match is going on, as it's about to come to a conclusion, lights go off, lights come on, takers in the ring, and then the lights. Go back off again. Lights come back on. The fiend and Taker are gone, and then Seth is just left in the ring, kind of like as a confusing, like what the hell just happened, which might well, seem like what it, the it, fuck, but we, it's kind you know, of funny that Corderas says that. I heard something from my my friend that worked at Busted Open. It's a, it's a little similar, but a little different. Same thing. Fiend would have Rollins pretty much dead to right. The lights would go out, but not Taker. Oh, the, 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 the demon. 70, an amped up to 75 new version of the demon. And him, right, and, right, would, right. You know, him and Bray would just destroy each other, go all over the place, which would allow Rollins to quote-unquote retain. And then you could move Didn't, didn't ECW Ryan. do that? Didn't ECW do something similar, like where uh, like Sabu appeared, Taz was in the ring, and then like no Taz yeah. was in the ring, lights went out, Sabu appeared, lights went off again, and then they were both gone, and like everybody was like yeah. really hype or something like that. Yeah, they, they were building for almost two years for that Taz Sabu match. You know, everyone thinks Bischoff was a revolutionary keeping Hogan and Sting apart. ECW did that first with Taz and Sabu, like they right. did everything right. to keep those guys apart. And then the other thing I heard he told me was there's a reason why AJ Styles is still getting involved in all these Seth Rollins segments, that the actual plan might be to go back to Styles Rollins. You know, they, mm-hmm. as, much as, as much as there's people pushing to pull the trigger on The Fiend right now, the way I had it explained to me was think back to In Your House, A Cold Day in Hell 97, when Austin was beyond white hot and everyone thought he was going to beat Taker, but he still lost to Taker because the Hart Foundation got involved. And, you know, they did the match to do it, but it was never really mentioned again. So you kind of forgot that Austin first lost his first title opportunity. They feel like they could do that with Wyatt, you know, and then revisit this Wyatt thing later on. Um, with the belt, because then the problem becomes, okay, if you put the belt on Wyatt and Hell in the South, how do you book a Fiend title run? That's the problem. Well, that's, that's another the problem. problem that I was told that come, that's coming up. So, you know, as much as everyone wants to think it's a slam dunk automatic that the Fiend is going to beat Rollins, it's not. And there's options on the table to protect Wyatt. As far as Kofi okay, so. goes, as far as Kofi goes, he said, you know, he was telling me the other night that everyone assumes if Lesnar beats Kofi, the title is going to disappear. He said, if you look at Brock from Money in the Bank through SummerSlam, he was there. There is talk that, there is, that as long as Vince pays him and Vince is willing to pay him, he will show up 
every week. And now Fox is involved, and there's Fox money that Lesnar can get because they feel Lesnar is still to Fox a draw because of his UFC ties. If Lesnar beats Kofi, don't automatically assume that the title's going to go disappear until the Royal Rumble. Well, uh, this is a good segue into the, the main topic that I wanted to discuss because the name of this episode is called The Status of the WWE Championship. Now, this is not particularly aimed at uh, you know either of you guys because you guys haven't complained about stuff like this, but I'm seeing stuff like this uh, all over um, Twitter this week. And not everybody's saying this because some fans have long-term memories and they know what's going on, right? So here's what's going on. Here what I'm going to do is for about five minutes, I'm just going to completely break down what has happened to the WWE Championship since this brand split has returned. Okay. The first champion was Dean Ambrose. His run was forgettable. He was a face. He was goofy and saying dumb stuff. It wasn't really funny. He had like one title defense against Ziggler at SummerSlam, which wasn't good. Then he lost to AJ Styles. AJ was a heel at the time. AJ was the WWE champion, was without a doubt the best champion of the SmackDown Live, uh, I guess you could say, uh, reimagined thing. When he was the heel champion, uh, he was one of the best things that the product had at the time. Good in the ring, good matches, good promo, and more importantly, he was focused on. That was the fall-winter 2016 period. That was when Chris Jericho was doing the whole the list thing with Owens and all that. Yep. AJ mm-hmm. lost to Cena at the Rumble, and then Cena lost it two weeks later at Elimination Chamber, which was stupid, but whatever. He lost it to Bray Wyatt. Um, Bray was the champion, had a brief mini-feud with Luke Harper, which should have done a lot more, but it didn't. Then he had a match of Orton at WrestleMania, which was horrible, and then he lost, and that was it. Randy Orton was the champion. Randy was the champion, and he had really bad matches, House of Horrors with Bray. Then when that finished, then he had a feud with Jinder Mahal, of all people, which came you out of nowhere, and then... Use your words wisely. I don't got to use my words wisely. He had a, a feud with Jinder out of nowhere. It was dumb, and then he lost... And then after Randy lost, Jinder was the champion, and Jinder's champion was absolute dog shit. Horrible matches, horrible promos, horrible ratings. It was an experiment, and it failed. You want to experiment, you experiment with the Intercontinental or U.S. title. You don't experiment with the WWE Championship. So after Jinder had a bullying reign and killed whatever was left of Nakamura's push, he finally lost to AJ and, and UK. AJ was a champion at this point. AJ Styles, look, man. AJ, I love you, man. TNA, awesome. Ring of Honor, awesome. New Japan, awesome. You will never find a bigger AJ Styles fan than myself. He was champion for a year. But his reign was boring. His matches of Joe weren't good. His matches of Nakamura weren't good. Completely underwhelming. I'm not going to go into that, though. I've done that enough. He was champion for a year and did nothing with the belt. Then after that, he lost to Daniel Bryan. Oh, my God. How dare you play that theme? How dare you? AJ lost the belt. AJ lost the belt to Bryan, who turned heel. 
Now, when Brian won the belt, um, he did a cool thing where he, um, you know, he he introduced his own custom title. He had Rowan as his heavy. He was cutting these good heel promos. I think Brian's reign was the was the second best reign. Um, and then, of course, you know, Kofi started chasing. The whole Kofi Mania thing happened. And then Kofi beat Brian at uh, WrestleMania, of course, as, as we all know. And now he's the WWE champion. And, of course, after Kofi won the belt, shortly after that, they started doing this wild card rule nonsense and what's kind of hurt Kofi as well as SmackDown in general is that, well, not just SmackDown, it's, it's hurt the whole product. Because of the wild card rule, neither brand has really been able to have an established roster of, of heels and faces because people are just fighting whoever. So anyway, yeah, the reason well, why I'm yeah. going through all these champions is there's this thing that people are – I'm seeing this thing like on, on Twitter where folks are saying that – um. That, that, that Kofi's reign has been boring. And if you don't see where I'm going with this, since they have reintroduced this brand split, most of the WWE champions have not been any good. Because for one thing, one thing I've noticed, and this isn't a bad thing. I'm not, I'm not saying this is a... I don't see how you can crap on Right, you can't, you can't. You can't, you, you can't. Is an, I'm sorry, is an outright idiot, you know. They've done right, it with you can't. No, 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 I'm an idiot then, because I don't, I do think that he, <laughs> he had a better run than Ron Simmons. I'll give it that. But, right. Kofi has not done anything that makes me like, I thought this Randy Orton feud would be it. And it's, it's disappointed. It hasn't been what I, what Well, here's I, the problem with that. This, this is the problem with that, Jamie. A it's a WWE a issue. Yeah, Here's the problem with that. Well, that's, hey, you just say that for AJ Styles as well. That's the WWE issue. Right, right. Well, here, here's the problem with the Kofi Orton thing, right? And this is one of the first things that I remember. This is one of my earliest memories of, of uh, one of our first conversations that we had, JCD. I remember one time, many years ago, like, you and Jay were going off on one of the earlier PWP shows where, like, you and Jay were arguing against each other. And you talked about – I know you don't care about him, KME, but – you guys were arguing about the Miz and Alex Riley, and I remember that feud where Miz was treating Alex Riley like shit, and then right. Alex Riley one day just couldn't take it anymore, and he blew up on the Miz right. and he turned on him, and and the fans and the, ate it up. And I remember in the yeah right, and and it built up to the match. Miz was saying a lot of you know bad things about Riley. Riley was saying a lot of bad things about the Miz, and the way that they were building up the match at the pay-per-view, which I believe was capital punishment, which wasn't very good, and it was so bad they got rid of it. But the way that they were building up the match, they built it up like this Sunday, you're not going to see a match. You're going to see a fight. Fight. Something that, like, elicited that it it was going to be, like, no DQ. Right, it was a a regular match, and that was it. Like, it was a regular match, and then Riley beat him, and, like, that was it. And I remember Jay was like, I don't see what the problem was. And then you were like, what the fuck, dude? You said it did nothing for Riley. And I agree. It didn't do anything for Riley because, like, he beat yeah. the Miz. But, like, it, it was just was a straight-up match. And, 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 you know, and I'm sure I said this then. Not that beating the Miz wouldn't, didn't do anything for Riley, but the way that story was built and then the, the delivery of the, the payoff was like, that's it? <laughs> Right. So the reason I bring this up is I've noticed this over the years where WWE is very 
you know, they're very tone deaf with what needs to be a match and what needs to be a fight. And the problem yeah. with Kofi and Orton is Kofi and Orton needed to be a fight. They needed to have, like, false count anywhere, no hose barred, street fight. They don't need to be going mm-hmm. out there wrestling a match for 20 right. minutes, 18 minutes. It needs to be a fight. It needs to be the match. You know what Orton's best match was? When I mean, even though I was really upset at the time, when Orton and Christian had their feud in 2011, that last match at SummerSlam was a no hose barred match that had weapons yep. and had like it had like spots where they were brawling outside in the they, crowd. They it had tables. I love the finish. They had that finish where it was similar to when Orton won the title, but it was just magnified by a hundred because he put him through a table to do it. Christian would go for like that. I don't know that that. That, the sunset I don't know lift. How to explain it, but you know what I'm talking. That no, like that leap where he would do like a body press. He jumps. Press, he, he was backwards. Yeah, yeah. He, he jumps on the rope. And Orton caught him with the RKO. But I think Orton RKO'd him into the steps or something at the summer yeah. match. And to Christian's credit, Christian sold it like he got shot, you know, in the chest. Right. Whatever, and it was just. Right. It was like that was the perfect way to end that feud. And. What should have happened, Kofi going over Orton should have been the inevitable outcome of this feud. But where WWE failed with this feud with Orton, and I mentioned this, Chris, you know this, I've been saying it since day one. You knew the Fox premiere, and I've said it from day one, Lesnar was always lurking. And you knew you had that coming, you shouldn't have made it a straight match at Clash of Champions. You should have made it like an all-out full brawl, you know. Yeah, and, or at the very least, a false know, count anywhere match, something, something, you know. This way you could still end it there because, like I said, you had Brock coming. You could have still ended it there, but instead of it – And then what they did like, instead what? was uh, – they, and then what they did instead was they gave that step to Roman and Rowan, and that helped the match. But, like, there's priorities here. Like, you could have did the Roman, Roman, like, that whole thing with, like, Roman fighting Roman and then yeah, Harper you, showed yeah, up. Like, you, you could have did that on TV. That didn't have to be at the pay-per-view. Uh, I'm not you didn't have to do that on pay-per-view. Yeah, you didn't have to do that on pay-per-view because the whole, the pay-per-view was called, what, Clash of Champions. It wasn't even for a title. That could have been on Raw yeah. or SmackDown. That could have, yeah. that didn't have to be on pay-per-view. I mean, I'm just yeah. being – I'm probably just nitpicking here. I'm, but, I'm, also um, of the, I'm also of the mindset that you, you, it's okay to have multiple matches with different – even though they, at the end of the day it's all no holds barred, you could have done the – you could have called the Roman, uh, Roman Rowan match like a street fight, let's say, and you could have called right. Kofi Owen, Orton, you know, anything goes, you know, one fall to a finish, you know, the final fight once and for all, you know – the main point that I, was, that I was trying to make with the WWE title is since they've brought back the brand split, a lot of times, and this is not necessarily a bad thing, I appreciate it because it's different, but a lot of times whoever the WWE champion is doesn't even get focused on. Like I remember this specifically more so during Jinder's reign when Jinder was champion. A lot of times he was featured in the first hour. Has it made of right. a dual brand pay-per-view? I don't no. think it has. I don't no, think it has. No. The only difference between now and the World Heavyweight Championship, when the World Heavyweight Championship, 
Like, when they really started to not give a fuck about it, it would be like in the opening match. They haven't done that to the WWE Championship. It's still featured late in the card, you know. You know, so they're still treating it as, as with equal like importance. But was, like where it was at WrestleMania was perfect for where that show was. Booked. Right. You know, the right, way that right. show was laid out. That match with him and and Brian was that was that was I was there and I felt like that was the perfect time to do that show to do that. <coughs> excuse me, to do that match. Right, right. So, like but anyway, that's just the... after Rollins Brock. But and but then you had that match and it was still just enough time before you got to the women. Right, and I don't care what Becky says. I I, I don't I don't care what Becky says. I don't care what Seth says. I don't I don't. That was that match at Mania. I'm sorry, like that was the peak of the show. If WrestleMania ended right there, that would have been show of the year. The only negative I can any, say was any, the show continued after that. Year, <laughs> any other year, and I get what they were going for, but any other year that match main event. Was there been 35 manias? That match yeah. main event's probably 20 of them. Yeah. That I, should have been was, the end. Yeah. You're, you're from New York, right, JC? Yes, I am. Okay, so yeah. I, I've been to New York more times than I could count. If I went to that show, and I know how that subway gets, if I had went to that show in Jersey, <laughs> I would have left right after that Kobe match because I, I that would have been it for me. I wouldn't have stayed for, you know, the proceeding. I, I don't care about Corbin. You know what, though? Yeah. I live in Staten Island, so I was spitting distance there. Actually, when everybody was complaining about the commute home, I got home. I got in the parking lot and to my door in 40 minutes. <laughs> but okay. you, I remember – I, I, no, no, no. I remember here's that. Here's what I was going to say. Hang on a second. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you that that was the pinnacle of that show. I agree with you. Sure. I agree with you a thousand percent. The What they did smart, though, to kind of dull that backlash down a little, sure you got Ray Joe after that. Sure you got Roman Drew. But you also got the women – you got Triple H Batista for the novelty, and you also it's got than it have been. Yeah. exactly no that match should have been half of what it was. I agree with you. Yeah. And and being there live, that match felt like it took forever. That's a Triple H had, thing, by the way. His matches go yeah, way too long. The yeah. angle stuff. You know, is it going to be Cena? Is it going to be Undertaker? What's going to happen with Elias? Who's going to be? They had, like I said, you had, sure you had Ray and Joe and you had Roman Drew, which could have been put on anywhere else on that show. But if you look at what else they had, they laid it out smart in the sense that, you know, I agree with you. That match could have closed the show and I would have had no problem with it. But you, you kind of lessen that backlash because of what was still to come. But like I said, I agree with you. Out of 35 yeah. WrestleManias, you line up main events, that probably main events 20 of them. This right. is the problem with the girls. I've been, I've been feeling this for a while now, and I've been very quiet. I've been very patient, and uh, I feel like enough time has gone by. The problem with the girls they have now is 
you know, earlier earlier in the year, Jim Ross compared Charlotte to um, to Hulk Hogan, and some people didn't get the comparison. And I I get where I get where Jr. is coming from because back in Hogan's day, they would just go out of their way to protect Hogan from losing. Hogan would rarely ever lose. And right. so when JR compared Charlotte to, to, to Hogan, I got it, right? The problem that's going on with the girls right now is they've done a good job building the girls that they have. But the problem is a lot of the top girls they have, like Becky and Charlotte and Sasha, all of them have submission finishers. And the thing is, when you have submission, when you have two people – to the queen, so you know I, I wouldn't. What's I that? Charlotte as bad as the other three. I mean, Charlotte has unnecessarily been protected a lot of times, but I'm not really focusing okay. on her right now. The main point I'm trying to make is, when you have all these girls that have submission finishers, someone's got to tap out. But the problem is, tapping out adds finality to the feud. So because of that, when you have these chicks that have submission finishers, I know going into the match it's going to be a fuck finish. That was one of the main reasons why I didn't care for the whole Becky, Ronda, uh, Charlotte thing because all three of them have submission finishers. I remember the day of, I'm like, it's going to be a roll-up. Someone's going to roll up somebody, and that's what happened. Of course, in this case, it was a botch, but still, it was a roll-up. And, of course, when Becky had her match with Sasha at, at Class of Champions, I was like, it's going to be a fuck finish. At some point, someone's going to have to tap out to continue the feud and you move on to the next thing. And the problem is, like, with Hogan, that was was annoying, but Hogan was just one guy. But now it's like Mm -hmm. you got got Becky, you got Sasha, you got Charlotte, and eventually Ron's going to come back. All of them have submission finishers. You can't protect them forever. At some point, someone's going to have to tap out. Like, you sacrificed Asuka. You sacrificed Asuka. You had her tap out. At some point, you're going to have to give us the visual of Becky tapping out, of Sasha tapping out, of Charlotte tapping out, and of Ronda tapping out. We got it. The problem is no one remembers it. Becky tapped to Asuka. The problem is right. they right. so bad that it, it, it's like yeah, and I, no and one remembers what And I was one of the few people that didn't mind Becky tapping to Asuka. I thought, I, see, this is my thing with WWE. I think... There, it, it's. I don't think there's anything wrong with tapping out. I don't. I just think right. WWE's trying to groom their audience into thinking that if you tap out, you're a bitch. Like I remember yeah. in the ruthless aggression era, era, ben, Lesnar tapped out to fucking Benoit. Benoit tapped out yeah. to Lesnar. Angle tapped out to uh, uh, Benoit. Angle tapped out to Lesnar. That was something that just happened. And you weren't yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. this guy is a bitch. You were like, or that time, God, uh, or that time Hogan, or, or or that time Brock put Hogan yeah. in the bear hug and Hogan just passed out. Yeah. Yeah, Hogan and then oh, and Hogan tapped to Angle Hogan too, and it was like, yeah, it mm-hmm. was like, okay, you, I, I didn't think, oh my gosh, Hogan's a bitch for tapping out to Angle or Benoit or Lesnar is a bitch for tapping out to the to the crossface. I thought, my God, that finisher is a serious move, and if you get yeah. put in it, you're going to tap out. Now, that's not how it is anymore. So I, that's that's the problem with the with the tapping out thing, because now if someone taps out, 
it's automatically, uh, oh, this guy must be a bitch because he tapped out, which is ridiculous in my opinion. That's what, that's what well, you're yeah, supposed you know what part to do. Of the problem is now, yeah. too, and it, it all goes back mm-hmm. to the type of some of the half the idiots that go to Raw and SmackDown now. It's the stupid you tapped out chant. You know, yeah, they did it with uh, they 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 did it with Sasha and Ronda too, and I did like their match from the Rumble, but I I noticed it where it was like I think Ronda just beat her like of that that Piper's Pit move, which was fine, yeah. but still like it, it stood out to me because Ronda wins 100% of her matches of tapouts and Sasha wins yeah. 100% of her matches of tapouts, but then they fight each other and it's like ten. Well, it's like the women. And I'm, I, I hope they, they are going down this road more often now. I don't know if you caught the Sasha promo backstage on Raw when she challenged Becky to Hell in a Cell. Finally, Sasha was like, and I'm paraphrasing, it's not about making history. I just want to kick your ass inside Hell in a Cell. Yeah, and I right, hope, I right. Hope they, both, they start getting away from that, oh, for the first time ever, all the women are making yeah. history Right, right, right. One of my favorite, one of one of my favorite, right, one of my favorite promos ever, uh, ever. And I feel like, um, I know you give them shit all the time, and I feel like this is one of the biggest missed opportunities they ever did. And I, I know we still got the John Cena U.S. Open Challenge for a brief period. They teased the Ryback Rusev feud when Rusev was U.S. champion, and Ryback cut a promo where he said, it's not an American-Bulgarian thing, it's a me wanting to kick your ass kind of thing, or something like that. And, and I was like, and I thought they should have just, I thought they should have had Ryback beat him, but instead they went with Cena. And in the end, we still got the U.S. Open Challenge, but that could have led to something more, and they didn't go that yeah. direction. So, yeah, right. you know. Now, now Wednesday night right. Dynamite, 
that's that's fine. Wednesday night. Now, if they said AEW Wednesday night Dynamite, like, that's a little bit more catchy. But, like, just AEW yeah, Dynamite sounds kind of weird. I, I think that the reason why they're giving it a name is I do think they're going to do some kind of, like, WWF mania type show on Saturday morning eventually, something like that. And they might want to mm-hmm. distinct that show from the from another show, right? Right. Yeah. Now I'm hearing reports yeah. as well. I'm hearing reports as well that because uh, cause originally when they first started, um, and you know from what I hear, Cody and Jr. They butt heads creatively, but now that Tony is there, <laughs> it sounds so strange saying Tony. Tony, oh my God, I'm a huge Tony Mark. Uh, no, wait, I gotta be specific. Not Tony Khan, Tony Schiavone. I, I'm just gonna call him yeah. Mr. Greatest Knight in our sport. I'm a, I'm a huge Schiavone <laughs> Mark. But um, anyway, what was, what was the point I was making? All right, getting back to the point. When they first started AEW, the original report that the Young Bucks said, um, and recently, if you've noticed, they've kind of backed away from this. When they first started AEW, they said they were gonna keep it simple. And they're just going to have three titles, a world title, a women's title, tag titles. That's it. Very old school. Yeah, but, of course, that led to – right, 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 right. You, you kind of need a mid-card title like today. That's just yeah, – it is what it is, especially when your roster gets – I thought that was ridiculous, too, when, when Tony said that. I was like, you need a mid-card fucking title, man. Um, right. And, and you just need one, yeah. Yeah, I think I think if they have a mid card title, that'll be better for guys that they still need to build, like Hangman. Like Hangman's, you know, he's he's cool, yeah. but he's just he's not there yet. You know, he'll he'll do he'll he'll he would be helped out a lot with a with a TV title. I don't know what they would yeah. call it. Maybe they would just call it a TV title. I mean, I would be all right with that. Yeah, the, the, the TV title is having a TV title is fine. You know, just cheat it, just yeah, treat ECW it like it. Title, ECW had it, and and Taz yeah. and Douglas and how many main level guys when they weren't in the world title picture rocked that TV title. Van Dam, you know, yeah, tons yeah. of guys mm. that, that, rocked that, that with that belt. Title in ECW was uh, the when Van Dam had it, it was the most important title yeah. in ECW, like without a question. Right. I pretty much yeah. said, like, when Cena was doing the U.S. Open Challenge, like, that was basically a TV title because he was on TV every yeah. week defending it. <laughs> that's, that's basically what it was, yeah. like, low-key. It was like a, it was just their own version of the TV title. So, But, but we won't get that for a while. Cause they, liked, yeah, what I always liked about the t- a TV title is the, is the time limit to it, right? Yep. It's just like, right. you know, it's, yeah. you, you, sometimes I think it had a 15-minute time yeah. limit. Yeah, 15 like minutes, yeah. Always annoy me with you know what I like? And I hope, you know what? WWF will never do it. But you know what? If AEW wants to bring a small little touch of WCW, you know what they need to do with their main events? One fall or TV time remaining. WCW used to do that all the time. Right. Especially when, like, yeah. champions. Like one fall or TV time remaining. Yeah. I, you know. Like when I was yeah, I remember when I was a kid. My my when I was when I was a kid. My earliest memory of uh, the first feud that I can really remember being into as a kid. And unfortunately, it's never going to be mentioned again for obvious reasons. But the best of seven that Booker and Benoit had for the TV title. I remember being really into yeah. that series as a kid. You know yeah. that that helped them I, both too because before dude, that, like both good. Booker. I'll take it even further, and again, this will probably be me telling age a little. Yeah, for all the talk of, like, Dusty Magnum or Tully and Magnum, whatever, you want to know what is a great low-key WCW-NWA TV title feud? 
and go back and watch it. You could probably catch some of it on the network. Sing and Muda. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like 89, I want to say, late 88, early 89. That was just a great series of fucking matches, man. Over the And it was over the TV title. Yeah, I, I think uh, you told me before, KME, you're you're a huge fan of 92, right? You love 92, WCW, WWF. Yeah, that's my favorite WCW years. Like, ni- 92, um, going, like when there was a dangerous alliance and um, yep. all that. Like, right before um, they gave the belt to Ron Simmons, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, but I used to love Sonny Steve Austin when he was a TV top champ because this guy would like every single week he would it seemed like he would have a match that was like you thought this guy was gonna lose this title and then <laughs> and then the the tie would run out and he would escape <laughs> with that fucking belt. Yeah, and I was, yeah, he that's had great heel heat too. Yeah, With yeah. <laughs> and Justin yeah. Rhodes, you know, yeah, he had a great series of matches with those guys. And again, it was oh, it was the fact that it was over the TV title. It wasn't even the U.S. title. It was Austin Steamboat or Austin, you know, Dustin. If <clears throat> even I think Austin Nikita feuded a little, you know, during that whole span. That's what made it great. Was it was such a great title that it wasn't the most important title, but the guys that feuded yeah. over it. Those were guys that could main event any show because of their position. You know, it was right. great. Yeah, then you could watch. Yeah, then you could watch Austin every once in a while have a feud with Sting, or right. you know, who or Sting with Steamboat. Steamboat would fight Steamboat, Austin for the TV yeah. title this week, but then Steamboat could fight Vader for the world title. At, you know, in right. two weeks, and it, and it, it all made sense. No one ever complained. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's definitely one area that that AEW. I think that's if they're gonna adopt anything from uh, WCW, um, any secondary belt, I would want it to be the TV because that's a, that that kind of belt is custom made for a dude like MJF, where he just squeaks yeah, by, by by not MJF. getting pinned. Yeah. yeah, guys like that, you know. Yeah. This week was the first time I took a serious look at the. Uh, the North American Championship on NXT. Like, I know they've had the belt for a while, but I never really actually gave it, like, a serious look. I actually like the look of that belt. It has a very, like, uh, NWA, late 80s, early 90s look, you know. It even looks like – it actually looks like the first version of the WWF title when Hogan won it in 84, when he actually beat the Sheik. It's this just big, long, green strap with these big, round, circular plates on it. It's like made from like that model. So the North American Championship is supposed to be the mid card belt in NXT, or is it like the workhorse belt? I'm not really sure. It's it's the mid card belt, which is which they need just need to and the guys that have carried have been workhorses. That's what it is. Yeah, they just need to go ahead and rename the NXT title the the NXT World Title or something because I'm I'm like you know how like. like it's it's just it's just annoying. It's just a it's a, it's nitpicking, but it's just a, a minor annoyance for me. It's like okay, you have a North American title. What what's the, what's the NXT title? Is it just you know what is it? You know. 
they probably will have to redefine that as as they go live. You know, I would imagine that they would have to defend it on a grander stage. I, I mean, not to say that it's not defended on a grander stage, but I would imagine that with them being on TV now and with them competing against AEW, there's probably going to be some type of reimagining of the belt within the next year. They probably haven't realized it or thought about it, you know. So, right. you know. Especially with, their, with them being on TV now, it's like there's no point of just – I mean, you might as well just call it the um, NXT World title, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know they, yeah. Especially keep an eye on what they do with this Emporium thing, you know, with the fact that Walter, you know, and those guys are there. You know, for something, you know, Walter's not moving mm-hmm. to the States full time. So it's not like we're going to get Walter every week. But I would expect, you know, at some point they're going to have to, like Hamie said, address what the NXT title is actually called. You know, now right. they're going to have yeah. to call it a world title. Yeah. But they'll probably is, do at some point. Is that At some point, they'll probably have like a champion versus champion match where they'll say there's only enough room for one champ. You know, just one of those kind of things. Basically like what Jay Lethal and Jay Briscoe did in Ring of Honor. And then I, yeah. I can see them like introducing a new title. You know, not that I have anything against the NXT title, but um, you, you have to – it just comes to the territory. When, when the business changes, the title's got to change with it. So, you know, but I, I don't expect that to happen probably like for another year or something like that. They just changed that belt like a year ago, I want to say. So I, I don't know if mm-hmm. you're going to get a, another new belt again. You know, they just kind of rechanged that, and I think the tag titles, and I think even Shayna got a, the new belt recently. So I don't think as far as, like, an appearance of the belts go, I don't think you're getting anything anytime soon. Mm, okay. Okay. But well, that's pretty much all the topics. You might see it called the NXT World Heavyweight Championship. You might get that. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, that's that's pretty much all the topics I had this week. Uh, Thanks for calling in, guys. And, uh, again, just a reminder to the fans out there that uh, they still got to finish the Suits show. So next week, uh, NXT will again be one hour. Right, and then then they got to, you know, then they'll show. What I usually do is I go on the network and I just, you know, like when you log on the main page and you just, you click on whatever's playing. I usually just do that and I just let it run. Because in my experience, yeah. if I try to log in when a lot of other folks are watching, that's when it freezes. Because I saw some folks were having some yeah. issues with, do that yeah. So. Do that around 845. Do it, you know, log on, just let whatever's playing play and then, and then hop on for that second hour. You know, I don't know if you saw it, yeah. but week and it, I'm, I'm glad he was the, one of the guys that answered Omega we're getting DiJack Keith Lee next week get ready oh yeah it is next week I love those guys nice yep damn that all right I think it's again for calling in guys later all right later